Super Talk Mississippi media production. Whether you're looking to start a career with no student loans or change careers to land one of the happiest jobs in the world, yep, that's construction, Build Mississippi can help. Visit buildmississippi.com to learn why a career in the trades deserves another look. buildmississippi.com. Your future is waiting. With your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello. Good morning. Welcome in. Well, it may not be morning where you are and when you're listening, but guess what? We're here. We're live. It is Saturday, the first Saturday of March for the year of 2022. And my goodness, how cool is that? Welcome in. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for calling, for texting, for carrying on and being a gardener, being a radio person for that matter. What all is on the agenda today? Well, that's entirely up to you. The Super Talk call line, 888 The C Spire text line, 601-879-4395, where Greg has already weighed in uh, to let us know. <laughs> He's... He's already gotten in his run. What are y'all doing? But anyway, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, no running today. I did. I, I will say that I, I was out um, looking at the daffodils, but that's about as far as I got before I headed in. And, yes, it does seem like um, already it's spring. Now, we can talk about blackberry winter. We can talk about late spells. We can talk about ice in April, we can talk about all of that stuff because it's likely to happen. But at the moment, here in Zone 8, where I am in central Mississippi and across most of the southeast, the weather forecast looks very pleasant for the next few days. We are luckily not up yonder, as they say, where it's going to still be snowing for another, oh, I don't know, month. I don't think it's going to be snowing here, but you can't ever tell. There's always that possibility. Uh, let's see question that i don't know where it comes from but hello we will say it's uh maybe it's from beth and belzona i don't know but is now a good time for planting blueberries absolutely absolutely get it done get them in the ground um and and do it now it's a great time to do that i have uh noticed that my blueberries are trying hard to bloom they have not been zapped by a late freeze in a while and I don't think it's going to happen this year, but they seem to be very enthusiastic about putting on their flowers. So we shall see. <laughs> we shall see what happens next. Well, as news for us today, uh, by the way, we now understand how the actual Venus flytrap catches its flies. We understand a whole lot more than we did. It, it's a fascinating thing. If this is indeed a protein channel function, and in the case of Venus flytraps, this is called the Flycatcher 1. Hello. Um, sounds like it could be a space vehicle or something. But publishing in Nature Communications, they're letting us understand a whole lot more about the sensitive touch response of Venus flytraps. This is something that, of course, can always inform other things. But despite how different they are from us as mammals, 
understanding this structure and this function at the cellular level tells us a whole lot, um, tells us a whole lot more than we might have known already about the way that cells and therefore the organisms that have them, that would be all of us, how we end up reacting to touch and what that sense is. The the dramatic dramatic reaction of a Venus flytrap may not be your response, but these things do work the same way at the cellular level. So our folks at Scripps Research um, Institute have brought this forward. I really like this. The proteins in the human body that have similar functions are not called flycatchers one or two. They are called mechanosensitive ion channels. So that's a term you can throw out at dinner tonight if you would like to. Susan Columbus, welcome into Weekend Gardening. What's going on? Hello, Sue. Oh, good, good morning. I have a some strawberry plants that was given to me about three or four years ago, and they have they're just beautiful plants, but they've never even bloomed, much less make berries. So, what can I do to, to start these? Okay, are they growing in full sun? Yes. Do you fertilize them? Have not. Uh, didn't think to really, uh, but I plan on doing it this year. But. Okay, good. Um, I would say because the plants are beautiful that you have a very rich bed. That In other words, it's got plenty of nitrogen in it, plenty of organic matter. The plants are doing well. They're very happy. So go and find something with a very low first number on the fertilizer. We're trying to put in as little nitrogen as possible. But what you're looking for is phosphorus and potassium and the other minor elements that will encourage flowering. And you can you can get a liquid formula of that and use it every week. Now, they still may or may not be able to set flowers right away or mature the fruit but to get them back on that schedule as long as they're in full sun and they've been growing well that that tells me their crown is not buried they don't have bugs you know you're way ahead of most people with strawberries (laughs) so i encourage you to get some flowering or flowering and fruiting fertilizer and just use it very regularly to to get enough into them so that they can put on some buds when they're able to Okay, I have some liquid fertilizer, 10, 10, 10. Is that too strong? Or? The, the 10 part at the beginning is, yeah, if it was like 2, 10, 10, that'd be fine. But you don't want to use... You don't want to use that because it has just as much... It has more nitrogen in it than those plants need at this point. They put out a lot of runners, but... You know, I just can't get it even produced. I understand. I think we just need to kick off some – they're, they're acting perfectly right. They're vegetative, and they do the, they're, they're doing their vegetative propagation, which is wonderful. I mean, I'm telling you, you're way ahead of most people that grow strawberries. <laughs> you, you may think that's a joke. It's not because a lot of people have them, and they bloom once, and they bear once, and then they die. Okay, and and farther south from you, that's actually kind of common because summer is so hot and so humid and there's so many leaf diseases. But since your plants are in great shape, I think all you're needing is the phosphorus and potassium to to promote buds and blooms. Okay, could it possibly be that they're just too crowded because every year they just keep producing more runners and I don't... I don't move them. I just let them stay there. Sure, you could always dig and divide perennials at this time. Um, if they if they are crowding each other, you feel like, and the way I would look at a strawberry plant that's too crowded is that its leaves are standing straight up because the one next to it won't let them lay down. Okay. 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 So if Thank you so much. Sure, let me know how it goes. I appreciate okay, that. Thanks. I do love some strawberries. Thank you very much for that call. Anna in Oxford, what are we talking about, Anna? What's up? Uh, well, um, I have uh, two paper bushes, and they're in flower, and they smell delightful. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if I could take some cuttings off them and get some other ones started, particularly in the center of the 
uh, bush, there's some like new shoots coming up. Mm-hmm. If I, I, I would them, try them, I wouldn't try them while they're real green though. I would let them get to where they'll bend, but you know you don't want them to be so green that they just wilt away and, and can't take up, can't make roots. So, but I would certainly try a four to six inch cutting after it's gotten just maybe a month from now when you can bend it. It's not going to snap. But it's that semi-hard wood that that it'll get as the weather warms up a little bit. Cuttings will work like like with the hydrangea cuttings and that type of thing. They can. The other thing that um, people do oftentimes with that paper bush is a, a winter time take the hardwood cutting. So if it doesn't, if this doesn't work next winter, you can take some cuttings from the when it's when all of the leaves and flowers are off of it. You can take a few cuttings at that point. It was amazing because you know we had that really warm spell and they sort of all flourished and then it went cold but they didn't fall off they now of course they're all opening up because it's lovely and warm and i love that it wafts throughout i bet that smells great (laughs) the other thing is you talk about blueberries yes my uh i have a a couple of blueberries called sunshine blue i think they are and they're in pots and yeah they're facing west Mm -hmm. but um they're shaded by somewhat shaded by trees so it but they're loaded with uh, flowers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and all I need are, are bees. Well, they'll be long. <laughs> they, my, I was out pruning the vitex. There are no flowers on it, but the bees were I were already looking for it. And, and I said, just wait, guys, there's, and go over there. You know, there's I've got other little things in bloom, but they circle the things that they know. So they'll be they'll be to those blueberries in a minute. <laughs> so because you know they were good last year. That's great. Tell me the variety again. Sunshine blue, I think it is. I know that's one of the smaller size plants, which um, I, yeah, I, do, it is. I don't know if it's early or late, but it's I, I think it's one of the early ones, and I think it is. Um, I'm pretty sure it's one that will, won't get to be more than about three feet tall without, you know, I mean, you can keep it in a container is my point. I want to do. <laughs> yeah, good. Super duper. Thanks for calling today. Okay, bye-bye. Good to hear from you. Oxford, oh, they're having a film festival. Uh, you know, if y'all don't know about that, it's, that's another wonderful thing. Spring is full of film festivals. That's great. Let's see. Um, Marion Pearl says that her 14-day forecast tells us that next Saturday morning will be really cold in central Mississippi. Yep, that's not surprising. As long as we rebound okay, our plants will be all right, and so will we. Now, that being said, all y'all who have already planted your tomatoes, you know that I'm going to tell you you need something to put over them on a cold night anyway. Any night below 40 is really going to be damaging to them. Plus, your soil may not actually be warm enough yet, so don't mulch them. Don't mulch around those new tomato plants. And if they croak, the good news is there'll be plenty at the store. You can go buy some more. So, <laughs> um, well, my goodness. Um, I'm glad you're better, Ken. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that you're garden bed didn't get attended but you needed to so you're better now and that's really good my onions are thrilled my onions are not thrilled this warm weather this week um above 80 at my house just this week the the, the onions are looking at me like are you kidding why haven't we been harvested already well because it's not time and they haven't got anywhere near blooming but there's some brown edges and some ooh, some other problems so 14 day forecast we'll we'll we will have to just see um, speaking of 14-day forecasts, a week from today on March the 12th, 
no matter what the temperature is. I invite you to come and join me at Buds and Blooms in Wesson. I will be there speaking at 1 o'clock. Y'all all know that place. And if you don't, you need to come because it's a great nursery, and we have so much fun down there. They have they have events all through the spring, and good speakers, great plants, really nice people, and, and a fun time. So join me there next week. Okay? Okay. My onions are thrilled. Mine are not, definitely. There's some other um, information for us that we may or – there's a certain joy in – and finding out that you can do something with something that you really don't like that much, and it's a good thing. In this particular case, we have new studies that are letting us know that, in fact, the, from the Netherlands, trends in plant, plant science, um, I love this, they're, they're using the waste from insects as food to grow other plants. In other words, it's a full cycle. And um, I, th- I think that's really smart. It it's one of the things that sort of dovetails with the other study that I've been talking to you about for a couple of weeks that the UK has um, determined that they can, in fact, be a garden. They can raise enough food, produce and whatnot in people's backyards to sustain the population if they just did that. Now, nobody's going to just tear up every, tear up all the landscape plants and plant food. That's not going to happen. But the point is finding alternative ways to do these things, to, the ways to, to nourish ourselves, the ways to sustain ourselves, does make an awful lot of sense. Um, it, it's, it's always been a smart idea, and now probably more than ever. It's interesting stuff. This is funny. Um, Sissy's in past Christian. Hey. Ah, I can see the sun right there over the water right this minute. Beautiful. It's it, it it almost there's things that I have had a chance to see in my life that hold on to me. One of them is Tishomingo in the fall. <laughs> One of them is past Christian in the spring. <laughs> there's just something about the sky that really gets me. New Mexico, if you've ever looked at Georgia O'Keeffe paintings, I'm telling you the sky is the color of the blue that's in her paintings. That color doesn't exist anywhere else. It's just so beautiful to be able to appreciate them and to hear from folks. She's been out taking cuttings. She's going to try rooting mulberry bush cuttings. There's no reason not to do that as long as because they're they're going to be a little bit twiggy, probably because they're the tips of the branches. But there's a there's every reason to try that. It, it again, if it doesn't work, mulberry is one of those things that can be done in the back in like in November coming up in, in this year. You would start that process when they've lost their leaves and they're just about dormant. But I think you you should be able to root as long as it's not too tender, as long as it's not brand new growth, and as long as it doesn't snap. You know that's a really important for both it and the blueberry cuttings that she also wants to root. Um, take four to six inch tip cuttings. And give yourself the opportunity to take wood that is not so you, you don't want it to be so tender that you can wrap it, the the stem around your finger. And new growth oftentimes is that tender, but you also don't want to be able to just take hold of it and snap it off because that's too hard. So take something in between four to six inch cuttings. If you use rooting hormone, this is a case. This is one to use the hormone. Roll of stem in it. And then put it into a damp sand or a damp mix of some sort that's a, a potting mix and, and some native soil, too, is always a good idea for these. Keep them in the shade, and uh, they'll be doing what my fig cuttings are doing that I took last month. They're, they're trying really hard to get themselves rooted. They stand up good. <laughs> what can I say about that? <laughs> but anyway, that's what I, my, my um, some, someone spoke to me yesterday at my neighbor's house about their mulberry tree and how different the two trees were they are they can be very different 
partly because they're native trees, partly because some of the cultivars are very different from the native trees. So I don't know what trees they have. But um, someone came and cut one of them down. <laughs> he said, what will happen? And said, fortunately, I've actually visited with someone once who had a mulberry tree, a small one, is about as big around, the, the trunk was about as big around as your wrist. And somebody ran into it with a car and broke it, knocked it off. And in fact, a year later, it had plenty of strong stems. They had to actually select strong stems and not grow all of them because it would have turned into a thicket. But it's a it's a tough tree once it gets started. So I would I enjoy hearing that you are going to do that. Um, and and blueberries always, of course. All right, let's see. Donald's in Oxford and he's looking for a flower bed pre-emerge um, for the weeds. As long as you're not planting from seed, you can look at the preen products. And uh, that will help you. That the, the P R E E N, those are the. They make every. They make several different formulations. They make an organic formulation. They make one for flowers. They make one for vegetable gardens. You can just get the classic one for the flower beds. As long as you're not growing anything from seed in that bed. Jim and Laurel, you growing blueberries today, sir? Yes, ma'am. And right now, a garden mama, I'm sitting on my front porch looking at my Easter lilies. Mm-hmm. This is the first time in years I got a full, full garden of Easter lilies. How beautiful! Yes, ma'am. It's all the time. They don't stay pretty for just a little while, then they fall off. But yeah. uh, what I was calling about—well, that's okay. None of none of us are beautiful forever, you know. <laughs> it looks like that palmetto that grows down in Florida. Oh, uh, nice! They bloom and they do. They pretty. These things belong to my mom. I got her rose bush out here and her Easter lilies, and I try to take care of them. That's nice. What I called about was uh, I don't forget. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Look, I got to take a break. So you hang on. Remember your question. Just hold on. We're going to step aside. Go be a little crazy mama here for you. And then we're going to come back and talk to Jim, who we will not call crazy because everybody forgets what they want to talk about when the red light comes on. And now the red light's going to go off because this is Weekend Gardening. at the Mississippi Propane Gas Association are committed to providing you with the best possible services and affordable values. We operate in a way that assures a safe, reliable, and economical fuel source. Our trained personnel constantly monitor the conditions of our gas systems to assure reliability and safety. Any repairs or modifications to a propane gas system must be performed by the qualified technicians of your propane provider as required by state and federal regulations. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Dear Mississippi, it's our great honor to serve as your physicians. It's from that sense of service that we ask that you help protect all Mississippians and our loved ones by getting vaccinated. Vaccines are safe and reliable and even effective against the Delta variant. Getting vaccinated helps protect our children, supports our health care workers in their efforts, and helps save lives. We understand that you may have questions. Please reach out to your primary care physician for answers. 
best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. Tax refund? Spend it on something you really need. A set of Kenda tires from Gateway Tire and Service Center. With each and every Gateway Tire purchase comes free flat repairs, free rotations, free road hazard, and free tire balancing. Plus, with four locations near you, we'll make sure you and your new Kenda tires are back on the road fast. If you need mechanical repairs, visit your Jackson or Yazoo City Gateway Tire for brake work, AC tune-up, suspension service, and so much more. See complete details online at gatewaytire.com. That's gatewaytire.com. Speaking to all men, if you're a stickler about your ride or your car looking just right, then why don't you take better care of yourself? Man Up MD is a concierge medical clinic, tailor-made for men of all ages. We offer convenient same-day appointments with personalized primary care and treatment plans designed for you to reclaim your energy and performance. Man Up MD can have you tuned up and ready for rocking down the highway. Check us out online at menshealthms.com. What do your customers expect from you? Consistency, reliability, a healthy place for them to frequent, and fantastic customer satisfaction? That's the same thing you deserve, and you'll get it from Jenny King, the king of clean. We currently clean and disinfect over 350 businesses, buildings, healthcare facilities, schools, and offices here in the Jackson area with a 99.99% customer satisfaction success rate. Plus, our average customer retention rate is eight years. For your clean and healthy building, go to JennyKingCleans.com. That's JennyKingCleans.com. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Colaguard is right for you. Or visit Colaguard.com. I'm in. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. We're on the phone with Jim in Laurel talking about his blueberries. What's on your mind, sir? Uh, Garden Mama, I'll be 36 years old for the second time next Thursday. Congratulations. (laughs) I'm just proud God let me be here this long. Back when we were boys, there were four of us, no girls. We'd go out in the woods and pick all kind of berries, huckleberries. There wasn't no blueberries down here. Mm -hmm. We'd get plums, uh, difference between a blackberry and a dewberry, I don't know. But Mama would put all this stuff up, and you can't find nothing like that no more. 
What you mean? You can't find dewberries? Yeah, you can. Uh, well, the dewberries come out, but and the blackberries do. But the yep. plums, the wild plums, and the huckleberries. Well, now the wild plums have been sort of assaulted. They, that's true. They're harder to find. Huckleberries are harder to find. There are some pockets of them. And I'm, 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 it's one of those, it's like native orchids. I can't tell you where it is because then somebody would come shoot me for giving out the information. <laughs> but, but, but they do grow and people do propagate them. And I would encourage you to get in touch with the, you know, the, the heritage fruit people. And if you want, if you're interested in actually growing some, I don't know where you can buy any fruit just to eat, but I do know that you can get huckleberry plants and, and people do grow them. Yes, ma'am. We we pick blackberries and garden mama. There's my mother would make everything out of them, but I just missed that taste, and I was wondering about them. But uh, the well, we have the, we do have different blackberries because we've cultivated them so much so that they don't make such a thorny mess, you know, to to live with. But they are still very very delicious. I know what you're talking about though because I have both dewberries and I have wild blackberries that somebody brought to me that are that grow in my back garden in my, my wildlife area. And the dewberries they have to fight me for, but they can have the wild blackberries because they got more seeds than taste. <laughs> so. I got some uh, thornless blackberries. Yeah, love that. They'll give me about 25, 30 years, about 40 years ago I planted them things. And they've done good for a while, but they just all died out. Well, I mean, they don't live forever. And you, they do have they do take a little bit of care to keep cultivating, but generally speaking, they have a lifespan of fifteen or twenty years. I just enjoy your show so much. Thank I you. Like to Good to hear talk. from you. And right now, enjoy those Easter lilies. Take care. That's a beautiful plant. That's um, I, I'm glad his mama collected those. That's fun. The text line is uh, is is all fired up. I appreciate y'all. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Looking at when is it time to fertilize fruit trees? Yes, um, I prefer to fertilize them at the first sign of the buds swelling up, which is oftentimes when they they do that one day and the next day they bloom. That's fine, and now you want to fertilize them if you haven't done that already. If you fertilized them right after you pruned, that fertilizer is no doubt available to them, so don't do it again. But if you didn't do that, or if if they weren't, you know, if you didn't happen to prune them and they haven't been hadn't have not had any fertilizer since last year or maybe longer, then this would be a good time to do that. Absolutely. Um, can I use earthworm castings in, in growing my tomatoes? Should I put them in the um, in the, put that earthworm casting in each tomato hole? Yeah, that's a good idea. If you are preparing a new soil, I would work the earthworm castings in more generally but if you have a really good um, spot already and that the soil is in good shape and drains well and is full of organic matter for those tomatoes then yes you can put the worm castings in the bottom of each hole i'm oftentimes um, even with worm castings i'm going to put any fertilizer that i put in put in fertilizer put in a little dirt and then put the baby plant on top of it not because the roots will burn but because I want them to have some fertilizer to access when they grow just a little bit, and then that stimulates their next piece of growth is finding that fertilizer. So I think that's a real good idea. I had another question this week about fertilizer, and I, I probably will get to it today. Um, we'll see how much how much else is going on. But the whole idea of what is the difference between the fertilizer that comes from the conventional sources, you know, the 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 
the factories and what comes from organic or natural sources, what's the difference and how do they work? Well, they are different, but yes, they both work. So we can talk about that today if you would like. Um, this is a really good question. Last time when Rhino was here, y'all said something about a finger lime. Yes, he did. And I've never heard of one. What is it? Can we grow them in Starkville? I would not grow them in Starkville unless you're going to grow them in a very big container that you can bring in it, temperatures that approach frost range are not good for that plant. It's an Australian native. It is a citrus, but it is... It, it's not as hardy as a kumquat, for example, and you, you would still put that one in a container if you were in Starkville, too, because there is freezing weather there, and they can't take freezing weather. What they are is um, it, it, it's a native tree to Australia, and people that settled there found these fruits on it, and there's not really a whole lot of citrus in Australia, and this has a very citrusy, it, it has a, they, they're, almost, um, they're almost like pellets inside of it, okay, and they're very spicy and very perky and that, that it's a particular taste of, of lime it's a particular citrusy taste but they used it as a citrus substitute for everything all kind of seasonings and then when they began to clear land for um agriculture they loved the finger lime trees so much that they actually left them and cultivated more so that's a it's a you can grow it but you have to protect it and grow it in a container here it's really a fairly large plant though so that would be harder to do all right, let's see. Coming up on the text line, um, Jackie and Brandon, when can I put amaryllis in the ground? Do I plant it on its side? You don't have to. People will um, people will oftentimes, if they have an amaryllis in a container, they'll turn it on their side basically to let it down and let it rest so that you don't forget that you don't want to water it while it's resting. That's the reason we turn the pot sideways. When you put it in the ground, you, you want that bulb down and you want that nose up. So it's not it's not a good thing to plant that one sideways. Um, let's see. <laughs> what is the vine with the stickers on it? Well, uh, I'm going to go with Smilax or Greenbrier, um, S-M-I-L-A-X. Look that one up. And if I'm if I'm wrong, then um, I'll, I'll come up with another one. But that from that description, it, it's to me, Smilax is the one that drives me the craziest. So maybe it makes you crazy too. I don't know. <laughs> I, I I fight with it. I was just yesterday. I have a spot where the smilax has come up two or three times, and I have killed it two or three times. And I know that there's other things that I could do, but it's right close to my food, and I don't want it to go up anywhere. I just want it to go away. So yesterday, I dropped a stepping stone on it. We'll see how, if it manages to push the stepping stone up and grow around it. I may have to give it a, a place. I may have to give it give it more due than I want to. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Let's go back to the telephone. Balton in West Point. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. What's on your mind? Hello, West Point. Welcome in. Hey, Garden Mama. I got two or three questions for you. All right. Okay. There's an old native plant that grows down in South Louisiana. I want to say they call it wild lettuce. Okay. Boil it. Tastes terrible, but it will kill a thing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, sort of. Not mm, when you said it tastes terrible. It, uh, I'm not. I'll have to do some thinking about that one, but I'll, I will. What else? Okay. What will keep wasps off of your figs? Oh, that's a harder one. Um, you know, I think sometimes it, are, are they going to the fruit? Yeah, they going to the fruit. Yeah. 
sometimes it's a, a matter of um, picking the fruit early in the morning because the wasps don't get busy until the sun comes up. And if you're there ahead of them, you beat them. The other one, the other part is, of course, that that's what netting is for, and it has to be a fairly fine mesh netting that you just throw over the whole tree, and they they'll leave it alone most of the time. But they're they're just you know they're looking for sugar just like all of us, and <laughs> they're just looking for something to drink. <laughs> and unfortunately, they they do um, they do cause a problem because they'll tear the fruit up and then it just rots on you. What determines the color of a leaf on a tree? Whether you know yellow, purple, red, or what? Well, when we it, it really has to do with what is in the leaf. In other words, um, in the fall when the, they go from green and and they go down to yellow or they go down to red or purple or you know whatever when we have the fall change of colors, it's because the tree or the shrub is taking that nutrient back. In other words, they take nitrogen first. And so that leaves a yellow leaf or it leaves a purple leaf, depending on the plant. And then as they take the other nutrients out of the leaf and translocate them back into the trunk of the tree, those colors appear because that's what's left in the in leaf. And we only see the leftovers. Those colors appear because that's... Oh, that's me again. Pull his volume down. That's really hard for you to listen to me at the same time that you're listening to me because we have a delay in case I cuss. Or you cuss, which we don't do here. <laughs> but anyway, I hope that's helpful. Thank you for calling. I appreciate hearing from you. Love hearing from West Point. Thank you very, very much. Good, good questions this morning. Y'all are y'all are really um, turning the volume up. I will look up about that wild lettuce that you're talking about. I think I know what you're talking about, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, let's see. It's Sandy in Alabama. And some of the shrubs are flowering and some are not. What's a good fertilizer? Really depends on the plants. If you grow azaleas, camellias, hollies, gardenias, all the things that love acid, you will be best served to use a fertilizer that addresses those needs. Um, And you can do that with the fertilizers made for that group of plants or with an organic formula because they, generally speaking, also have an acid-forming quality to them. On the other hand, if you're growing... Um, pittosporum and ligustrum and boxwood, you can just go and get a general purpose shrub food. You're not interested in really them flowering, and they will flower, of course, because they're plants, but you're not trying to promote that. You're trying to promote nice, healthy, dense growth. And in that case, you're just going to look for a regular shrub food or something that is basically for any kind of gardening but has enough longevity to it so you don't have to apply it four or five times. Um, I'm thinking of um, the, the 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 old bags that just used to say tree and shrub food on them. And as long as it's a brand that you know, look and make sure that it has all three elements and that it also has the trace elements in it. But, yeah, the, that fer- fertilizing is important, but it, the doing it is almost as important as everything else. Um, let's see. If I can think of anything else to say about fertilizing shrubs. That's really about the main thing. If, if you're in a dry spell though be sure you water the day before you're going to fertilize um, so that the soil can accept it and also so that it doesn't just blow away in the wind it's a very 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 practical approach andrea's in madison good morning good morning is it a good time to root iliagnus well um mine would probably not be but i encourage you to look at your plant if you've got some wood that doesn't snap and isn't soft enough to wrap around your finger, it's probably 
it's probably going to root now. I have rooted whips, and, and and if I wait too long, like right now, the whips have been on the plant now for over a month. They're going to be too woody for me to be able to root them. But if yours are not at that stage, if yours are a little bit sooner, that's going to help. The other cuttings on the plant, the rest of the plant, it's a, it's really the same thing. You're looking for wood that is not new, not, not brand new growth, because that's going to wilt before it can root. You're not looking for wood that snaps when you bend the branch, okay? You're looking for the stuff in between, and that's going to do a better job for you. Eliagnus is one of those things, um, though, that I have to tell you, it's widely available. It's not expensive. It really is one of the things that grows so fast that if you root the cuttings, they'll be growing before they barely get out of the rooting bed. But if you're trying to fill a space, you might as well go get some one-gallon shrubs because they grow pretty quickly, too. Okay? Okay. Uh, Sam's in Newton. Welcome in. What's on your mind? Hello. Yeah, I need to know. Hello. Yes, sir. Go ahead, please. I need to know ammonia that has sulfur in it. What's it used for? Whoo, nothing at my house. <laughs> You're talking about ammonium sulfate? Uh, I guess so. It's 330012. 33012. Yeah, 012. Zero, zero, okay, 3300, zero, zero, and then it's 12 parts um, sulfur. Um, th- that's a difficult one for me to make a diagnosis about or to tell you what it would be used for because that's a lot of nitrogen and it's some sulfur, so it, it could promote a lot of healthy growth and also address, I mean, you know, sulfur addresses several different things. It addresses pH, it addresses the quality of the a growth itself, but it's a it's a minor element. I, I I don't know what this product is for, and so I'm hesitant to give you a suggestion. Okie doke. Okay, I'll thank you then. All righty, I'll see if somebody else can tell us. They probably can. What would you use ammonium sulfate on? Actually, it's not even ammonium. That's not even ammonium sulfate, but thirty three zero zero and twelve part of ammonium. Okay, somebody will tell us, and I'll go. Oh. Because that's, I'm Garden Mama. I'll tell you when I don't know something. That's one thing you can count on. I do know this. It's weekend gardening, and you are the point. Thank you so much for lighting up the text line. Thank you so much for lighting up the phone line. Stick around. It's breezy today, and I'm with you. It's weekend gardening. Mississippi's own Three Doors Down, live. Three Doors Down with Cedar. Plus Bad Flower. Non-point. Dead Poets Society. And special guest Giovanni and the Hired Guns. 
and check out the best local music in the state on the CPR Fest homegrown stage. A very limited number of reserved seats are on sale now. General admission tickets just $35 plus Ticketmaster fees. Don't wait. Get yours now at Ticketmaster.com. It's the biggest rock show of the year. Saturday, April 2nd, outside of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi. Philium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pillium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Bridge Builders. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Hi, this is Thomas Trammell with Family Termite, and I have an important message for you. After this year's record-breaking snowstorm, termites will most likely be swarming in historical numbers in an effort to recolonize and replace parts of their colonies ravished by the extreme weather. Family Termite offers free termite initial inspections and competitive pricing. Call Family Termite today at 601-933-1014 and let us protect your home because we hate termites more than you do. The following is furnished by Retirement Planners of America. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. The stock market has seen all-time highs this past year, but are we due for a crash? If so, does your retirement plan include an exit strategy? Call today at 866-374-0841 to schedule a free retirement assessment to learn about protecting your assets from a market collapse. That's 866-374-0841. 866-374-0841. Thank you very much for being here today on Weekend Gardening. I love being able to talk to you about your plants and the other guys' plants and the folks down the road. Um, 
Nobody has called me uh, to, to give me any different information except that, yes, sulfur does change the pH. And so hmm, I'm not sure why you'd put that much nitrogen on the same shrubs that you would want to be altering the pH of. So I still need somebody to tell me what they use it for. There's probably some vegetable that I'm not thinking about that you have to lower the pH, but I don't know what it is. Anyway, um, let's see if Helen from Bassville. Helen, you with me? Let's talk about your blueberries. Yes, ma'am. Is it time now or is it too late to fertilize blueberries? Well, I don't fertilize mine in the winter. I fertilize them after they produce and then to encourage their summer growth, you know, do the pruning and then fertilize them then. How long has it been since you fertilized them? Last year. Do they have flowers on them now? Yes. No, you don't want to fertilize. Now, the problem with fertilizing anything when it's in bloom is that the plant can go, oh, I'm supposed to grow now and throw the flowers off. You know, in other words, just drop them because they're trying to put on new leaves. So don't do that now. Let it go ahead and make fruit. And then after that, you can certainly fertilize them. That's the best thing to fertilize them with. You know, I... I'm one of those folks that barely uses anything. My my blueberries are old, and I like to use so I use an organic fertilizer because it has enough nitrogen in them to give a, give it new leaves, but it also has the other elements that the the tree needs. And in my case, they are trees. But I, if I had younger plants, I would still probably just go with a fruit tree food. But there's a caveat to that. If you also grow azaleas and camellias and all these other things that need that acid in the same way that blueberries do, and you have a fertilizer for them and they're flowering plants, you can use that. People will often tell you that um, they they used the same fertilizer that they used on their azaleas until they got more blueberries than azaleas, and then they went to fruit food. <laughs> do you apply about the like you would for a, an azalea bush? It's pretty much the same thing. It, it will depend. The, the label will probably tell you, but it's usually about the size of the plant or the caliper of the trunk. And they'll, they'll have some sort of chart that will tell you about that particular product because different ones are different. Okay. And also, I'm having trouble with scale on them, mm. lichen or whatever you call it. Oh, lichen? Okay. Well, that's a case. Um, I'm going to guess that you haven't pruned them in a while. Small. They're not like two or three years old. Okay. It, they're not growing rapidly and, and efficiently enough. The lichen doesn't come because it's killing them. The lichen comes because they're just sitting there. So um, it, w- did you get fruit last year? A little. Okay. Um, once you get the fruit picked, since they're blooming, when you get the fruit picked, that's going to be the time to do that pruning and, yes, to fertilize them. That, in turn, keeps the lichen from coming back. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. We just have then, to get them going a little better, a little quicker. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. I am. Um, I have uh, shamrock in my flower beds. Mm-hmm. It came, I passed down through my mother. I got plants out of her flower bed, and now I they just overtake everything. Yeah. They're pretty, but I don't want them to, uh, everywhere. Is this the pink wood sorrel, the pink flowered one? Right. Yeah. What? get rid of those with. Luckily, they'll, well, and you do have to kind of pull them up and, and keep going, but I I found in my garden, because I had too many of them in one place, that after I dug them up, I immediately planted something else on top of them, and that helped to get them out of there. Okay, 
<laughs> I know that sounds funny. It's like me dropping the um, stepping stone on top of the Smilax, but I've been known to be fairly practical in my life, and that's I, when I couldn't get it to. They they kept creeping over onto my stepping stones, and the stepping stones really need to be stepped on rather than stepping onto wet leaves, you know, and 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 the bottom coming out from under me. So I. I literally pulled them all back and i did put some mulch down but then i planted a smaller ground cover that i can cut more easily well um some of the places where it has i'm not going to be able to do that mm-hmm. is there anything i can spray them with to kill them um i'm sure that glyphosate would do that i'm also sure that the uh the fertilome product that is in an organic weed control it, but it, it's going to kill anything it sprays on just like glyphosate does so make sure that if you whatever you use you only hit them only gets the broadleaf is that what you would call well, it well make sure you're only hitting the clovers because the the which is actually wood sorrel but the, the if you it's going to these pr- the products that will turn it brown and kill it are also the same thing that will do the same thing to other small plants in your area so just don't a lot of times if you're going to treat something like that you end up having to put paper around it to isolate it and then spray into there so you can just kill that particular plant and not not the others okay okay all right sounds like a beautiful garden helen enjoy (laughs) thank you talk to you soon bye that's nice that's fun stuff. Really nice people. Y'all are so cool. Um, let's see. Pat has a day has been given a gift of a daybreaker floribunda rose. What a nice rose. Um, where to plant it? Anything like that? I grow one floribunda, and I, that I like very very much. That's Julia Child, and it is a bushy rose. It is a shrubby rose. It does not want to be facing west. Um, mine, mine has a west side on it, but it's got shade between it and the, the afternoon sun. So as long as you're not letting that late afternoon sun just blast it, you should be able to grow it just fine. A morning sun, um, you need at least that half a day to get plenty of flowers. And when you go to prune floribundas, you don't prune them as heavily as you might prune a, a really old-timey rose, but nor do you prune them as heavily as you prune a... Um, something like a, a, a Mr. Lincoln, you know, or one of the others that you're growing for cut flowers. You just literally trim it back, take out anything that's dead, do that at the same time in February, and take out any dead growth and trim it back just a little bit. But you don't prune them very hard. And um, I, I think it'll do well for you. The colors of that flower are really lovely. It's a pretty, pretty one. Um, let's see. Is it time to cut my hydrangeas? No. Well, they're the big blue ones that the answer is no (laughs) Uh, let's see Jeff says talk to me about pruning oleander in Hattiesburg generally speaking Jeff I would wait until the last cold weather is done and then if there's been any damage prune that off and otherwise leave them because they're going to be stimulated to put on new growth by the arrival of spring and I don't think that we're going to need to do any more serious pruning than that but they do need to be cleaned up after the winter because inevitably there's one or two branches that get nipped or or even maybe maybe even killed to the ground if they do get killed to the ground you can just cut them off at ground level they'll send up a new one I like that that's uh, that's one of the things I really like about oleander um here comes the here the moles are back. Yep, and it, it, Greg's Greg's got moles. Yep, the world's got moles. Um, the, it's hard to know what to do when you've had them previously, as he has, and you you know that you are 
you're kind of at their mercy until you control their food source. And their food source, of course, are the white grubs that are living under your lawn. They're living there. They're very happy. If you don't know that you have white grubs and you don't even know that you have moles, but you suspect either one, go to the area by your driveway, go to the area by the sidewalk. If that part of the lawn doesn't grow quite as well, it seems to stay a little bit dry, take a trowel and turn over a, hand, a, a, a handful of it, turn, you know, a trowel full of it, and you'll see that that's where the white grubs are most likely going to be living. They will, they'll, they'll just stay right there, and the moles will come and get them. So if you can, if you control the white grubs, there are products to put on the lawn to do that, and I suggest that you do. So that's one of the reasons why people use milky spore as a control, which is a natural source control. You have to do it twice, but after that second dose, they generally speaking don't come back. That's, that's the good news. Ah, yes, plants and you and me. Are we eating more insects? By the way, if they scan your brain, they can tell if you're paying attention, but I don't need that. I can tell you're paying attention right now to weekend gardening. Fest 20. Outside on the grounds of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum, Saturday, April 2nd. Starring Mississippi's own Three Doors Down, live. Three Doors Down with Seether. Plus Bad Flower. Society and special guest Giovanni and the Hired Guns. And check out the best local music in the state on the CPR Fest homegrown stage. A very limited number of reserved seats are on sale now. General admission tickets just $35 plus Ticketmaster fees. Don't wait. Get yours now at Ticketmaster.com. It's the biggest rock show of the year. Saturday, April 2nd, outside of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi. Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you. Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm JT Mitchell and this is Super Talk Mississippi News. For the city, our mayor is here. We ain't paying for it. I'm letting you know that right now. It's going to be free because we made a lot of money for the city and we want some of that. 
That's what Jackson State head football coach Deion Sanders said this past February regarding the Tigers getting a new stadium. Lawmakers allowed Senate Bill 3154, which would have provided $40 million in seed money for that stadium, to die just after two days. And although the bill did not make it this year, Senator John Horn hopes it will next year. He explains where a new stadium could be. We're hoping that we'll see some daylight. Well, last year, we gave the university uh, some money to do a, a study and uh, to look at the siting and feasibility of, of doing a, a study. There are f- several selections, but the top two are um, uh, across from WLBT, actually, on Jefferson and also on the JSU Metro Parkway uh, on the land that the foundation of the university owns. What does Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation stand for? Everything we do is built around attaining a better life for Mississippi farmers and ranchers and all Farm Bureau members. Things like rural broadband and private property rights, funding for roads and bridges, and our Child Saver program. We think these are outstanding causes, and hopefully you do too. Because when Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. But what if the online information about your business is incorrect, or even worse, not very flattering? If your online presence isn't great, you may be losing customers. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's trusted and highly trained team is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Insurance Commissioner Mike Cheney is hoping windpool legislation doesn't get caught up in conference. We've had a lot of turmoil about the 3% not admitted fees that are collected, about $18 million that normally go to the windpool. Some of the leadership wanted to kill those fees, and um, I was able to um, basically cut a deal with the lieutenant governor where I would guarantee that we would not have a rate increase on the coast on, out of the wind pool during 2022 if he would give us $8 million out of those non-admitted fees. And um, he agreed to do that uh, Tuesday at noon, and we passed a bill out, um, the Senate has passed a bill out no. of their committees. This is crucial for coast residents. Cheney says it'll allow them to keep their rates at least level because coast residents are also facing increased costs due to inflation. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett. Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. The end of the regular season in college basketball has arrived. And it will find Vanderbilt at Ole Miss to take on the Rebels as a 5 o'clock tip in the Pavilion 430 Airtime on the Ole Miss Basketball Network this afternoon. And Mississippi State will be on the road at Texas A&M to finish the regular season. 7.30 tip there, 7 o'clock airtime on the MSU Basketball Network. And the SEC Men's Basketball Tournament will start on Wednesday this coming week. The standings right now, Auburn is 14 and 3 in the conference. Arkansas and Kentucky are 13 and 4 along with Tennessee. Then it's Alabama, Florida, South Carolina are 9 and 8. LSU, Texas A&M and Mississippi State are all 8 and 9. Vanderbilt is 6 and 11. Ole Miss and Missouri are 4 and 13 and Georgia is 1 and 16. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. 
You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Dear Mississippi, it's our great honor to serve as your physicians. It's from that sense of service that we ask that you help protect all Mississippians and our loved ones by getting vaccinated. Vaccines are safe and reliable and even effective against the Delta variant. Getting vaccinated helps protect our children, supports our healthcare workers in their efforts, and helps save lives. We understand that you may have questions. Please reach out to your primary care physician for answers. The end of the regular season in college basketball means the winners of the Gillum Trophy and Howell Trophies will be announced at awards luncheon on Monday at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame and Museum, getting underway at 11.30. Three finalists for the Gillum Trophy, Amisha Williams-Holiday of Jackson State, Anastasia Hayes of Mississippi State, and last year's winner, Shakira Austin of Ole Miss. For the Howell Trophy, the finalists, Iverson Molinar of Mississippi State, Jarkiel Joyner of Ole Miss, and Tyler Stevenson of Southern Miss. The featured speaker will be Van Chancellor, former Ole Miss Lady Rebel head coach and head coach of the WNBA's Houston Comets that led them to the first four WNBA championships. The winners of the Gillum and Howell trophies will be announced Monday at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame and awards luncheon getting underway at 1130. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. We are in the middle of so many things here. My goodness, it's a busy day, and I appreciate you very, very, very much. Questions, texts, everything rolling in today. And, yeah, i got a few things I want to talk about, too. So all of this is fitting together, I'm happy to say. Callers, the phone number is all yours. Super Talk call line, 888 And the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. We're going to catch up all of those things. Um, we had a call in the previous hour, in case you've just tuned in, about using what where how to use a product that I know as aluminum sulfate, which is, um, I mean, ammonium sulfate, excuse me, not aluminum. Aluminum sulfate, by the way, is what you use for hydrangeas. So just put that on your other list. But ammonium sulfate, um, because it has so much nitrogen in it, and it is an ammonia source of nitrogen, in other words, um, fast-acting, you know, going to get in there quick and can burn a leaf with if a piece of it falls on it because it's, it's a hot fertilizer. And sulfur. Now, sulfur, of course, is used to adjust pH. Now, if I was in West Texas and my my soil was so alkaline that I needed to reduce it, 
a little bit in order to grow, say, any kind of vegetables. A lot of times their their soils out there are so alkaline that they have to use sulfur to bring them into a, a range where they can use them. But here we have pretty much that. We're not going to do that for vegetables. So I'm not sure, as I said, I wouldn't want to put that much nitrogen on really anything that I'm growing. But Francis is in Byram, and I think maybe we'll get an answer about somebody who actually uses aluminum sulfate. Welcome in, Francis. Thanks for calling. Thanks for holding on. Good, good morning. Uh, my brother is a farmer in Crystal Springs, mm-hmm. and my beans were not were plenty bloomed and pretty green, but they weren't setting fruit. And he told me to use the sulfur, sulfate nitrocide. Well, the uh, the sulfate the it certainly the sulfur would certainly help. And if you needed, I'm just still surprised about putting that much nitrogen even in beans. I'm, I trust him. Okay, he's growing my food, so I'm <laughs> I'm happy about that. But that's a that's a lot of nitrogen. I'm glad they did well though. And um and and, and are you going to do it again this year? Yes, because they did so well, and maybe my soil is got needs it. You know, yeah, you may need to adjust the pH some in there. Have you had a soil test done any time recently? Not recently, no. Okay. But, uh, if you find, it, it, as long as they do well, that's great. But if you find that they're not, then you're going to be in that area where you need to go and check and see what's actually happening with somebody that can give you the levels in a test. Because what will happen is the, the nitrogen gets used up quickly, but... The, the sulfur, can, over a few years, the sulfur will lower the pH a bit, and it, it you don't want it to get too low, but you also don't want to be without your other nutrients. So it sounds like you've got a good garden and also a really good piece of advice. Yeah, old-time farming. Like it. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Good to hear from you today. Um, let, sticking with the bees, let's go to Brandon and talk to Marshall. Marshall, what's happening? Hey, good morning. Howdy. Um. Quick question. I, I certainly don't have a, a green thumb, and I, I don't know specifically what type of shrubs these are, but I have some shrubs in front of my house, and it's the weirdest thing. Um, I don't know what to do. I'd like to fix them. It's uh, as if, though, the same shrub, it, it's half of the shrub is full and luscious and green, and the other half of it is is literally barren. It's almost if it's if it's dead. It's, it's half the the same shrub mm-hmm. will will not produce leaves, and the other half of it's just you know just how it's supposed to be. And I'm okay. wondering what could cause that, and if is there any remedy for it? Well, it, what can cause it is the damage to the shrub that doesn't happen to affect the whole shrub. What we see most often in that circumstance is when you go and look at the base of the side that is not growing and not leafing and, you know, just sitting there and looking dead, you'll find a crack at the base of it. What that tells you when it when you do find it is that the the shrub froze, which is not unusual, but that when it thawed, I almost said unfroze. Come on now, that's not the right word. But when it thawed, um, unfortunately, it happened too fast, and the cells burst. So that's what causes that crack. And it could have happened as long ago as a year before you ever see the damage. What we see too often is we'll have a really cold winter, and all the shrubs look beautiful. And then the next year, we start seeing these dead sections because they didn't. They they do go ahead and do as well as they can, but eventually they can't get enough 
um, of their plumbing to work to keep that side of the plant healthy because it developed a crack and got frozen or got frozen and then developed a crack. So look at that. That might be part of it. Anytime you have a shrub that has a dead section on it, you can always take that off. You can always prune that off no matter when it is because what you're trying to do at that point, of course, is to get rid of the unsightly part and I would suggest that, that then after that that you take some of the leaves or a piece of branch and go to your your nearest garden center. You're in Brandon. You can go to Rivers, certainly talk to them and, and ask them what it is. And then you'll know whether or not you want to grow some more. You may want to plant something else along with them, you know, but, but I don't want you to spend all your time worrying about this particular part when we could be actually growing something else that will be much better. I think you've just got some winter damage that has finally showed up. And if if it's not that... You'll you'll see something else that will tell you what happened. You'll see a break or a crush, you know, something that happened to that base of that particular arm of the shrub. And then you can go get it identified and see if you want to plant some more or add to to your collection. Okay? All right. Thank you so much. Now, it's okay. It's happened before. It's okay to call back next week and say, you were right, Mama. I found that crack at the bottom of the shrub. (laughs) Thank you, Marshall. Appreciate you. I've had people tell me, you say this stuff and then I go and it actually happened. It's like, well, I'm I'm telling you, when you garden for a long time, when you do anything for a long time, you know stuff, you see stuff, you learn stuff. And frankly, you all teach me stuff every single week. I'm still trying to figure out why you'd want that much nitrogen in a bean planting but i'm i'm going to i'm going to puzzle it out i'm going i'm going to work it out eventually i promise on the text line from batesville can i plant an azalea now yes absolutely you can um Ken says, in, in, I think he's in Jackson, and I didn't prune my, my container rose. Can I do that? As long as it hadn't started growing, yes. But if it has started growing, then you may just want to be very selective. Take off any old flowers. Take off um, anything that's obviously dead, you know, but, but don't prune it too much until after it blooms the first time. David says he's growing strawberries. He wants to know how many to plant in an area, and does he have to use hay or can he use oak leaves for mulch? Hay is much better for strawberries, um, but frankly, because it, it has a fluffier quality to it, per, first of all. And when you lay the runners up on it, it supports them. They don't just get down into the leaves and get lost. So that's part of it. And it's also because you want that extra barrier between your plants that are producing strawberries and the ground underneath. Because where they sit on the ground, they'll oftentimes get a soft spot that, you know, that will, ro- that will rot on you. So you want to keep them up on something. And hay is an excellent choice for that. I don't ever put more than two, maybe three, if they're really small, um, strawberry plants into a square foot. So in other words, as you're planting it, plant a little more crowded with the understanding that you will probably come along and take out the third one because about two per square foot is going to be as much as you'll want to use in strawberries. Okay. Oh, dear. Rattlesnake weeds. You know, rattlesnake weeds. Florida betony, these are just delightful plants with tuberous roots that are very hard to get rid of. And the most success that I've had now, there are people who eat the tuberous roots, so I'm not saying don't dig them up and clean them and sell them. I'm not saying that. You might want to do that. But there are very few things to put that things to control the weeds that don't just control them and leave the base and that therefore they come back up again at a later point um it's real hard my best success has literally come with scalping it i had a patch that i had to get rid of because i was trying to do something else in that area and i literally 
took the weed eater and the shears to it every week for about two months and just would pass by it anytime I was doing anything else and knock them down. And that did slow them down there. I still had to go and dig up the rest of it, but it, it did slow them down enough that I could get a grip on them. There are chemical sprays that will translocate into that tuber, and you can certainly go get a suggestion from a garden center about doing that. Um, average weed killers are not going to do it. So, uh, rattlesnake weed. I, I, I often wish, because I know that I had relatives that ate all of these things, and I wish I had paid a little bit more attention, but I, I don't think I've ever had them. I may have. I don't think I've ever had them. But I don't know. <laughs> Trey's got... His, uh, his his succulents are figured out. He's got his Thanksgiving cactus, Christmas cactus, Easter cactus leaves. And if you don't know the difference, it sometimes they don't bloom in when we expect them to, but they bloom in order. In other words, um, sometimes people will have the Thanksgiving cactus blooming before Halloween. <laughs> it just but but it will bloom before the one that's actually the Christmas cactus, which has the rounder lobes on it and then the one that has very little lobes or almost like a scallop are considered the spring bloomers and those are the easter cactus but sometimes they just bloom after the other two it may not necessarily be easter i i I read something yesterday that uh mardi gras is you know we all we all talk about what to do based on holidays okay and you've heard me say that we plant um for example we plant sweet pea flowers at Thanksgiving, but if they don't make it, we turn around and plant them again in at, at Valentine's Day, okay? But you've heard me say those kinds of things, and a lot of people tie things to that. Um, when I grew up in, as a horticulturist in South Louisiana, I learned that a lot of people there plant parsley on Good Friday, which has never made any horticultural sense, but it works, so that's what they do. Well, now um, we're, we're learning about the Thanksgiving Christmas and Easter cactuses that don't necessarily bloom in the right time, the right order. I mean, in the right at the right time, but if they do bloom in the right order, guess what, folks? Next year, this year, Mardi Gras was on March first. That means that six weeks later is Lent. It is over, and Easter happens in mid-April. Next year, it's the week after Valentine's Day which means that Easter is going to be very early. So my friends down there that are planting their parsley seeds on Good Friday are going to be planting them in really early March. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll just have to wait and see. Oh, my goodness. And how do Venus flytraps shut up? (laughs) I'm so glad somebody finally researched that. Um, I've had quite a few folks come over and check out my page at Linktree. Uh, that's the that's the place where you can find out all sorts of information about me. The way that you get there is link l i n k t r period e e. They split the tree up and put dot e e. So it's l i n k t r dot e e slash garden mama, and you'll get a whole panel of ways to get in touch with me. Things subscribe to my newsletter. Um, I think they've put the events up there, but everything like that is going to be on that spot. So I only have to give you that one place to go. Um, that does take you to into Patreon. That takes you into the other ways to um, contribute to my efforts in sustainable gardening and will in- keep you informed about some other stuff that's going on. Um, I'm, I'm, I am doing the classic garden book sale and they're too heavy to mail. So you kind of have to run into me. <laughs> I'm letting you know where to do that. <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. Um, Gary's in Oxford, and he wants to use a weed and grass killer roundup plus a weed and grass preventer. Um, I, I don't. I, I have to tell you that I would read the label before I did that because I don't know what I don't. He wants to know to, if to use it to get rid of the yard weeds at this time of the year. And I'm going to tell you, I wouldn't know unless I read the label because it's going to tell you both which weeds it's intended to control at which stage of growth because it's got pre-emerge and blanket contact control in this particular product. Um, and they're saying that it's extended because it's it's going to kill today, but then it's going to suppress the weeds that are going to come up later. That's what's extended about it. So it really just depends on the temperature that you're at and the formulation of the Roundup and whether or not you want to prevent the next things from coming up because it's going to do both of those things. Okay, okay. That's, that's really interesting. Um, there's so many products, and uh, I do, I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm, you know, I read the back of the cereal box. I read every label. I can be the most boring customer that the garden center has ever seen because I'm going to check it all out. I'm just curious in many ways. It may not even be anything I'm going to use, but I want to know about it. And so when I say to you, you need to read the labels, I'm telling you, you need to read the labels because there's a lot of stuff there that you're not going to just get from either me or a conversation with a person in the store or anything else that you might run into. It's not going to be as good as the label. If the label's not there, if it's a good product, it's also going to be online. So, for example, if the print is so small you can't see it, you can just pick up your smartphone and search in or, or go to your computer and search in what that name of that product is, you can get everything about it. When it was developed, who developed it, what's in it, what it'll do, what to do if you use too much of it to, to protect people. I mean, every every kind of concern that that is there is going to be in that label, and that's a great, great thing. I'm, uh, whoo-wee, my goodness, I have one more thing I'm going to look up at the, ne- at the next break, um, and, and that'll be, I still don't know the name of that but I'm going to find it. I will find it for you. I have been uh, blessed with an opportunity to go to Buds and Blooms next Saturday afternoon and talk about houseplants. This is going to be Houseplants 101. You got all those plants in your house? Some of them you want to put outside. Some of them you probably shouldn't, but you ought to keep some indoors all the time anyway because we've got such great air-cleaning houseplants. Um, I'm going to talk about that, and i I used a quote, and I'm, I'm writing about those, and I'm also studying about them to make sure that I get the same list going that they that they have at the store. You never want to talk about a plant when you go to give a talk that the person can't go home with from the garden center. Come on now. We, we, we don't want to leave anybody wishing. So uh, I, I did not know H. Fred Dale, but I have read his works before. He was a Canadian garden writer, and his quote is my quote of the week. My green thumb came only as a result of the mistakes I made while learning to see things from the plant's point of view. Sometimes that's very important. It's the same thing as just as we don't want to coddle a plant, we actually want it to come along and and do what it does and grow steadily and grow consistently. That's kind of what we want from our kids, isn't it? We certainly do. And when we do that, then we've got the steady consistency that leads to a healthy, long-lived plant. And hopefully the same happens with our children. Okay? It's really not different. The good news is we're here. We get a chance to listen to Van for a moment. 
and I will now be quiet. This is Weekend Gardening. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work. Or in some cases, no work at all. Costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Wherever you are, in Jesus you have something better. In Jesus, you have the immense, expansive, world-making Word of God who came not to be served, but to serve, to give you a life with God that cannot be taken away. Hear Dr. Michael Ziegler's message, One Thing Needful, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Join us each Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Brought to you by Our Redeemer Lutheran Church, 1799 Clinton Raymond Road in Clinton. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi. A statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than 17,000 locations. Community outreach programs and quality jobs for nearly 400 Mississippians. Our commitment to building healthier communities in Mississippi has never been stronger. Learn more at magnoliahealthplan.com slash benefits. Selling your vehicle? We'll buy it. Need to put it on our lot? We'll consign it. Just need a new ride for the new you? We'll trade it. Pinnacle Motors needs you and your vehicle. Steve Owen and the friendly staff of Pinnacle Motors is buying, consigning, and trading quality pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs at the corner of Highway 471 at Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon and online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Pinnacle Motors needs you and your vehicle. Quality vehicles, affordable prices. Pinnacle Motors. 
Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? (sighs) Green. The new degree of comfort. Here's a good question from Joe in Madison. They um, they do that. He says his mother-in-law tongues are falling over even when he stakes them up. Can I plant them really deep and not hurt them? To an extent, you, you can, yes. Um, they will they will stabilize. But I have to tell you, I have a couple of very small plants of the columnar one, the one that makes a round leaf stem thing. It doesn't have leaves sticking off of it. just makes a round stem. Um and what I found is that because it is hard for it to root, it tends to push itself over. And so, therefore, I have been planting it a little bit more deeply. But I have also learned in the last couple of months to take the plants, hold them up, and use a gravel mulch to help them stay in their spot. In other words, I'm not burying them any more deeply. I'm giving them something else to lean up against. So you might want to consider doing that. I did have one really big um, mother. Well, I still have it, but I had it, and it, it it got knocked over, and several of the stems had a hard time growing back up. And I actually wrapped that one with jute string at the bottom until it could get, could get itself regrouped. But the little pots, I'm using a gravel mulch in it, and that seems to be helping them to stand up. It is a problem, though. I've been doing a little looking. Uh, I had a feeling that that wild lettuce that our caller asked about before, uh, actual wild lettuce um, is not the one that grows in South Louisiana that I'm familiar with, and it is a European native, so I don't know that it grows there. But lactuca, which is the word for lettuce, um, cereola, which is prickly lettuce, does grow there. You've probably seen prickly lettuce. It starts out as something that looks kind of like lettuce, and then all of a sudden it has um, – spines on its leaves and it's about three feet tall <laughs> happens in a minute you know it's one of those plants that just all of a sudden gets big um it does not have the same qualities as wild lettuce but it is used in the same way so look up prickly lettuce and see if you agree with me that it's that plant and then give me a call back or send me a text and i'll, I'll we'll see if we if we're talking about the same one I don't think it's um you know it's, it's not anything else it's not it's not another one because there are native lettuces and that's one of them. It's not one that we eat necessarily. Um, let's see. Andrea says she's cut her. She needs to cut her knockout rose back. Can she cut it back by more than one third? No, don't do that. Let it bloom and then take off the flowers plus a couple of inches. And each time it blooms, take off the flowers plus a couple of inches. You can get it 
you can take as much because it's going to bloom four or five times this year. You can take eight or ten inches at least off of it. And then if you have to cut it way back, do that next year in February. The knockout roses, she's in Madison. The knockout roses that I have seen are already beginning to put on new buds, particularly because it's been so warm. And if, if yours is not, if it's in a spot where it's just kind of sitting there, yeah, you can you can take a quarter of the whole thing down. But don't go any further than that. Knockouts respond to heavy pruning with a really voracious amount of green stems. And then you have to turn around and select those, and then they don't want to bloom, and it just goes on and on. So give yourself a break and don't over-prune it too much. Yes, uh, the folks there, oh, my goodness, I, I dare, I, I, I know because I'm the person who attempted to do an insect feeding fundraiser once, <clears throat> Come on, get the chefs to cook all the mealworms and those things, cook the crickets, dip, dip them in chocolate and this and that. I, I can't tell you how much. The board of directors didn't laugh at me of the organization, but they thought about it because they thought that was crazy. Now, people do this. I was just ahead of my time. But insects are a tremendous source of protein for us. Yeah, that's right, human beings. But it turns out that they have a hugely positive impact on plants. The researchers are using the the relief the, the the remains um insect as food and feed is the idea and it it's pretty interesting stuff the the leftovers um come in two main forms the um the exuvae which is the exoskeletons left behind after they molt and yes um our friend frass and we all understand about frass is literally what remains so when added to soil both of those things this is how earthworm castings work of course not that they're insects but we understand that we're putting them in we're putting those castings into the soil because they are the re- results of the worms doing their work and that is a wonderful thing indeed this exuve and frass combination promotes both plant growth and health um, the insect exoskeletons are rich in chitin, of course, which is very difficult um, for creatures, most of them, to ex- to digest. That's why we use, for example, chitin um, in products that come from the seafood industry for nematodes in, in areas that have nematodes. It's it's also why we um, look to them and look to this as a calcium source sometimes. So if, if he can just get anybody to well, let's just face it. If you're the researcher and you're referring to insects as mini livestock, like M-I-N-I, tiny livestock, you better hope somebody comes along and, and gets on board with you because otherwise you're going to be a long, uh, a long way by yourself. Here's the bottom line. If you're looking for a solid protein source, it's, it is one. No one's ever going to take my love and desire for beef away from me. Thank you very much. Appreciate y'all. Good morning. But, Forty percent of a cow's body is edible. Ninety percent of the insect's body is edible. <laughs> so that's why they're and they're, we need to know these things. OK, we need to know these things. We need to use every source. I'm kind of like that. I'm sort of like I didn't I, I do remember eating a lot of things that were not so great when I was a kid. But we did eat a lot of uh, what they call stuff, you know, things that, that you pulled up out of the yard. And they, they were pretty interesting. Now I find out that there are actually people who if I would harvest all of the the, the chick. Pea, chickweed in my backyard, chickweed in out of my backyard, they would pay for it. I still can't believe it or I'd probably be doing it. 
Let's see. Chris is in Oxford. He's got yard bushes. He says he doesn't know what they're called, but how much can you cut them back or down without actually hurting them? Not knowing what they are, it's hard to give you very specific advice. But in general, when when it comes to pruning, for example, an evergreen, something that just has green leaves on it, you don't care whether it flowers or not, it just stays green all the time, you can take up to one-third of that plant off in one year if you do it early in the spring. Okay, so that's probably the best way I can, when we refer to yard bushes, I think we're talking about an evergreen hedge of some sort. And so between a quarter and one third of that to come down is going to give it what it needs. You can come back again next year and do that again. Um, it's I had, I had a client once that moved into a house and the azaleas were growing up over the windows. And she said, well, they were real pretty there for about a minute, but I don't need them there all year. I mean, it's nice to look out the window and see flowers, but then they're gone, so it's difficult to do. And we cut them back, and she called me about six months later and said, well, they're blooming again, and they're still in the window. I said, well, how did that happen? Turned out she had fertilized them a whole lot to get them to grow, thinking they wouldn't grow up. Well, they grew right back up again. So, yes, you can prune them by that much every year if need be. And in this case, she did need be. <laughs> she did need them. Okay, good. Chris, is, Chris says I'm right, that that's what he was looking for. Good, good, good. Have any of y'all, I, I have not done this yet, but I keep trying to get my sister to, um, have, y'all, have any of y'all done the, the genetic testing where you find out where your relatives are or that they aren't in some cases your relatives um genetic genealogy is a term that i don't think we knew until a very few years ago the direct-to-consumer genetic testing of course and then the the service to match your dna with everybody else's um, helps you learn some things in publishing in the american journal of human genetics researchers are letting us know that uh People have different reactions to this stuff. Finding out that a genetic relative uh, appeared there didn't seem to be uncommon at all. They they found people that they were related to. But they also experienced sometimes they learned things that could be considered significant and that they didn't know. Yeah, like, you know, who's your daddy kind of stuff. And, and that can be very difficult because, frankly, it's not always a an unpleasant situation there was a time when if you adopted a baby you didn't necessarily tell the child that they were adopted or you told them they were adopted but you didn't necessarily go into it to the extent of saying this was your per- your biological father or this was your biological mother so if you take these tests and you know that you were adopted you're still going to learn a lot of stuff you didn't know it's also true that in some cases when there were difficulties with fertility there would be um, a, a, a donation, so to speak, that we understand there's banks for all this stuff. There'd be donation made, and the family, because it was not considered to be anybody's son except for that man's son who's on the birth certificate, they never talked about it because that's your daddy. But genetically, it's going to turn out that there's something else there. So there's a lot of these questions. People are curious. People need to know. People want to know. Um, in one situation that I was reading about very recently, there were there was someone who was knew she was adopted and wanted to understand more about 
she she developed breast cancer. She wanted to know whether or not that was going to be passed on to her child, and, you know, her, her grown daughter by this time. So she did the genetic testing to find out if it had been in her background. And what she found out was that she had this huge family. <laughs> Nobody had ever, no one in her, her parents didn't know when she, they adopted her, but it turned out to be a very large family. And yes, in fact, they were able to trace a good bit of cancer through the family. So it was important for her to find that out. But I can imagine the the question always seems to be, well, everything I knew is wrong. And any time we find that out in our life, we, um, we we have to deal with it. We have to come up against it, and we have to understand it a little bit. But I do think that there's a lot of good information to be found out out there, and there's a lot of there's a whole lot more that ties us together than splits us apart as human beings on planet Earth. And I I think that's important. Um, my goodness. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, John, by the way, in Tallahatchie, has a new series of paintings that he's sharing with me here today on the text line, and some old ones, too. Um, we're talking about the uh, freight trains and, as, and other stuff like that. He's really got some interesting stuff going on. <laughs> Hello, Tallahatchie. Um, let's see. Pennies in Ocean Springs and her date palms got nipped. They're totally brown. Will they come out of it? It's just a wait-and-see thing. We have to just wait and see. Um, it, 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 they should, but they might not, and that's that's all we can see. When if you told me it's a windmill palm, I'd be surprised that there was any damage to it. If you told me it was a sago palm, I would tell you there's something else wrong because that won't get damaged by a frost at all. Um, it, but but a date palm can be a little bit iffy. It, it shouldn't be damaged. It should come along and be fine. But if it's young or if it's particularly vulnerable, all of those things could play a part. Um, if you want to send me a picture. And you can always send it to mama on air at yahoo.com and mama is spelled M-A-M-A. Um, I would really like to see your pictures when you want me to, to help you with something because it can be easier if I've got something to look at in order to help with that. Um, okay. Okay. All right. Let's see. Um, oh my goodness. Greg, you may know too much about your genealogy. <laughs> By the way, everybody in Mississippi is related to Elvis. <laughs> that's just a, that's what I was told when I got here. <laughs> anyway, have you ever lived in a walkable neighborhood? I live in one now. I didn't live in one before. I used to have to climb over tree roots to get to the corner. But now that we have sidewalks, I'm happy to tell you that somebody as unlikely as the Endocrine Society is publishing work to show us that people who live in walkable neighborhoods with access to green space and other outdoor activities, do tend to use them. Now, I always feel like these have not been these stories have not been research has not been done in the deep south because, quite frankly, as soon as the weather gets hot, we go inside and turn on the air conditioner. We go out for the baseball game. <laughs> we go out to swim. You know, we go we go do a few things. But our time spent outdoors is mostly fall through spring fall, winter, and spring, you know, whether you don't have to necessarily be hunting, but to be in that neighborhood where you can, for example, um, I can actually walk to the corner if I want to now. And my dog thinks it's a wonderful thing. 
well, the dog that lives in my house, um, thinks it's a wonderful thing. She would like to go twice a day, every day, go see what what's going on and bark at everybody. Well, that's that's pretty fun. That's a that's a big deal if you're a dog. <laughs> so, but the walk walkable neighborhoods, not only for the pup but also for you, can reduce your likelihood of developing diabetes. Can help you um, also read, frankly, if you will walk a little more. Um, we can do something about some of this obesity, too. I recognize it's all tied up with diet. But, you know, it's like it, it's like Richard Simmons once famously said, what do you do after dinner? Do you wash the dishes? Do you take a walk? Or do you lie on the couch like a dead tuna? <laughs> you can imagine which one is better for you. <laughs> oh, it's Lula. Welcome in. This is Ocratone Records. You enjoy it. Come back around for a little bit more weekend gardening. Shot squirrels out behind my house. I learned a lot about this world way down south. It's time to take a road trip down to the coast for CPR Fest 20. Outside on the grounds of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum, Saturday, April 2nd. Starring Mississippi's own Three Doors Down, live. Bad Flower. Non-point. Dead Poet Society. And special guest Giovanni and the Hired Guns. And check out the best local music in this state on the CPR Fest Homegrown Stage. A very limited number of reserved seats are on sale now. General admission tickets just $35 plus Ticketmaster fees. Don't wait. Get yours now at Ticketmaster.com. It's the biggest rock show of the year. Saturday, April 2nd, outside of the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Get the most out of your tax refund with a new set of Kenda tires from Gateway Tire and Service Center. Jackson's proudest community sponsor with four convenient locations to serve you. Along with our great prices, your new Kenda tires come with a kind of protection you can't find anywhere else. Like free road hazard, free flat repair, free tire rotations and balancing, free inspections and more. See complete details online at gatewaytire.com. That's gatewaytire.com. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts, Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. 
Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you. Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Colaguard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Colaguard is right for you. Or visit Colaguard.com. I'm in. Yes, indeed. It's another weekend for scallion pancakes at my house. You know, I don't really call it Onion Acres, but I am thinking about putting up a sign because the shallots, the 100-year onions, the the red cipollinis, the white cipollinis, and the other ones that, frankly, were just some that were, there were too many of them in a package from a grocery store. Who knows what they were? Probably some granics from Texas someplace or something. But anyway, they're all doing great, and they are a little surprised by the hot weather. I wouldn't would not put it past them to try to go ahead and bloom. But they're funny because right now and yours probably look like this too. They've had some cold damage on the tips of the yellow of the, the leaves, so those are yellow. And then the rest of it just looks beautiful. So you cut that part off and then the next thing you know it's hot and the whole thing's trying to wilt and get pale because it's too hot. But um, it's just funny. It's a, it, they're, they're funny plants, and I'm I'm enjoying them. The the garlic seems unfazed. Um, the others that in that family don't seem to be bothered by any of this. But the actual green onions growing in the table bed and also in some containers around the the back garden are. I, I, I've obviously collected too many onions, but I'm enjoying them. And scallion pancakes always make it for me. So I hope that, I hope you like that, too, if you're growing them, because this is going to be a good year for onions. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They've uh, you know, those meta-analysis when they do too many um, studies, frankly, and somebody else has to go back and organize the data. The University of Massachusetts Amherst has been studying 15 studies. Oh, my goodness. 50,000 people in these 15 studies. The math of this just makes my head hurt. Four continents, every habit, 
every size, every everything you can imagine. They're trying to figure out how many steps a day. You remember that for a long time it, they told you the 10,000 steps a day mantra, um, which actually, I don't know how to tell you all this, but it came from the marketing for a pedometer that's the thing that counts your steps it that came the, the whole notion that you needed to work to walk 10,000 steps a day came from the people that marketed the pedometer there's no science behind it so they then there was then they got all the science together it actually working out people 60 and older we know who we are uh, we leveled off about 6,000 to 8,000 steps per day meaning that if you walked more it didn't help with longevity and other things already working on you however Somebody younger, somebody like Daniel, somebody like, oh, there's two or three people in here I'd like to call out as being younger, but I won't because that might embarrass them. Y'all, y'all really do need to be doing that, you know, 10,000 steps a day. Maybe you need the pedometer and the counter. I don't know. I did that for a while, and it, it was amazing how many steps one walks in a day. Um, at that time, I was... Um, well, I'll just tell you, I was trying to lose the weight from having babies, and I had my baby so late that there was quite a bit of weight involved. So I walked um, up to three miles a day for three times a week, four times a week, and eventually was able to, to knock that down. But i got to tell you, when I had the pedometer on, I felt more tired because I would look and see how many steps I had taken. <laughs> so I don't know if this is a good idea or not. But the the physical activity guidelines for Americans, which were updated in 2018, tells us that um, adults of every age should get at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity aerobic physical activity each week. That means walk and garden. They don't tell you that, but I'll tell you that. <laughs> Ken says his onions bloom every year. Still don't know what to do with the blooms. Well, the bloom, some of them are pretty flowers. They're nice in an arrangement. Um, I have actually had onion flowers, and it, frankly, um, before they go to seed, I have had them dipped in, and fried just like you would do squash flowers or anything else like that. They were pretty, they were just kind of a crunchy element. They were interesting. But after they get kind of heavy and begin to turn themselves over with seed and begin to fall over, um, that's a really good point to just put a bag over them and collect some seeds. You know, why not? Why not? Uh, let's see. Uh, Brian from Tupelo, thank you very much. He's he's waiting for the war- warmer garden weather to stay around there in Fulton. Yes, indeed. Um, I, I, I have to tell you, the, the best part about that part of our state is that it is cooler for longer. With the years that I have had the pleasure of working in our state from the following spring from the Gulf Coast all the way up to, to Fulton, to Tishomingo, to the, you know, to the Tennessee line and beyond. The years that I've had the chance to work all those areas, it's a blast. It'll make your sinuses crazy because something, the same things are blooming each week going up the state. And if you're allergic to any of them, well, quite frankly, you'll be like I am and pretty much sinusitis all the time. But the same thing happens in reverse when it begins to get warm get cooler down on the coast it's getting colder in Tishomingo and in Fulton and it stays that way for a while and y'all have such a beautiful beautiful fall display and frankly the shrubs in the spring because it doesn't get hot so quickly oftentimes they last a little bit longer too there's there's good parts about this entire state this is a big state for those of you who haven't lived here very long um get out on the road well actually if you have and you don't go to around get out much <laughs> go drive around <laughs> you'd be amazed at what all this state has to hold 
And that doesn't even get us over across the line to the next ones. Well, what can we learn from the Neanderthals, do you suppose? Wouldn't you think we knew everything there is to know about them? I want to leave you today. Nope. Turns out that we're just like them. Lower back pain is everybody's problem. It turns out that when we stood up to walk, we didn't really think about it, apparently, as as the evolution of our bodies. And we have long been thought to have a different posture than the Neanderthals, but but the wedging of their their lower body is what does that to them. Um, For example, in the 19th century, when we began to have furniture, we began to learn how to sit up. See, I'm sitting up straighter now just because I'm thinking about it. But that whole business of how do you walk and how do you stand and how do you sit, how are you postured when you work, goes a long way toward explaining whether or not your back is going to hurt and what to do with it after that. A good part of the perspective derives from them because, quite frankly, they they were, they were they acted more physically and differently than we did. But as we saw the onset of industrialization in human beings, we see that wedging in us, too. And that, that's really the thing that, uh, frank, frankly, we're not uh, necessarily as straight up and down in our spines as we would like to be. And that is oftentimes not uncommon, apparently. Yep. I started today letting you know that, in fact, uh, a brain scan can tell whether or not you're paying attention. And I'm happy to say that all of you are paying attention today. This has been great. Yale's um, researchers have worked on this. They collected d- data from 92, 92. How'd they get to that number? Um, interestingly enough, it, it runs all the time. Your brain does not stop. That's why you have to go to sleep to let it rest. It's very important to get into that. But the measurement that it is all looking at this the scans that we see and where we pay attention, of course, goes directly to things like ADHD. And also in, it goes to learning to read and our ability to put those pieces together and become people that can individually progress. OK, I'm not we're not talking about the specific of a culture in this case. We're talking about how you can go. Are you paying attention? Well, if you're paying attention, the chances are very good that the task you're going to do next will be as successful as the one you just did. Because we do learn something literally every day. Our brain is interconnected. Our people are interconnected. And uh, I got to tell you, I have avoided the subject today because I believe that we are the step away from the real world here in the garden. But I'll be planting sunflowers for Ukraine, and I encourage you to do the same. Have a wonderful week. Come back here again next time for more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Your business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. 
You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Dear Mississippi, it's our great honor to serve as your physicians. It's from that sense of service that we ask that you help protect all Mississippians and our loved ones by getting vaccinated. Vaccines are safe and reliable and even effective against the Delta variant. Getting vaccinated helps protect our children, supports our health care workers in their efforts, and helps save lives. We understand that you may have questions. Please reach out to your primary care physician for answers. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to Two Men in a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. 